Woo! Welcome back to the F1 Funcast, the only Formula One podcast out there for new, intermediate, and used fans alike. That's right, used fans. Those fans have been around the block a few times, and they know everything, but maybe a little bit of that, a little bit of that new fan shine has come off. You're welcome here too. And if you're a brand new fan, I'd like to welcome you to the Formula One world as well. And um, now, since I'm on the subject, I might as well just talk about it, that I know these uh, sports and entertainment have a lot of gatekeepers and people who like to decide who can be a fan and who cannot be a fan and who hasn't been a fan long enough and who knows enough and who doesn't know enough and on and on and on and on. And that's not what we're doing here. We're not doing that at the F1 Funcast. Whether it's your first time tuning into a Grand Prix or you've been watching from the very first, you're welcome here. I want your input, your advice, your thoughts, your predictions. This is a community for people who are interested in the nicer side of Formula One. I've noticed that there's uh, online, there's a contingent that really feel like it's their job to tell people uh, to not be fans for whatever reason. I noticed that women get a lot of hard time, not all, not all, but I've noticed online a lot of stuff directed towards women about their fandom and how they aren't real fans. People tell them, that they only like it because they think the drivers are cute or whatever, but that's all nonsense. Those people need to wake up and realize that this can be for anybody. And if Formula One is so great, you're not going to keep it all to yourself anyway, dum-dum. Other people are going to catch on. Other people are going to want to watch it. You should feel good about that, right? Shouldn't people feel good about more people getting interested in the same things they are interested in? That's one thing I never understood is the whole... I was here first, so no no fake fans and all that. It's it's a community for everybody. I mean, I, I, who, who are we to decide who and when and why? And what is the cutoff date? When did you have to be a fan to be part of the club? What was the day? What was the time? So we're not going to get into that. That's not how we're going to be here. This is a welcoming community for anyone and everyone who is interested in the world of Formula One. So I guess I should tell you, I haven't even said it yet, but... This is the F1 Funcast. Uh, you can find me at F1 Funcast on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram. We're going to be growing that. I really am trying to avoid TikTok with all my heart, but um, it seems like that might be the way to go for some more types of uh, exposure. But it's not about the exposure here at the F1 Funcast. It's about having fun. It's not about making money. It's not about gaining the most followers. It's about something I really enjoy and learning about it and sharing with you and having you share with me back and forth. So with that being said, sorry to sorry to start us off on a on a hot note, but I just, you know, being on F1 Twitter, I think I said it in the last time, it can be a daunting place to be on social media. And I saw it today. I saw some people that were really going through a tough time in their personal life and they got attacked for being fake Formula One fans. So that's not right. And it really rubs me the wrong way. And we might find over the course of this podcast that there's quite a few things that rub your humble podcaster the wrong way throughout my day-to-day life. And I'm going to try not to come on here and vent it to you all. And uh, nobody wants to hear it anyway. But that's the way it goes. If, if I'm out there in the Formula One universe and I'm seeing something I don't like, I, I anyone who knows, knows me knows it's, I have a hard time biting my tongue about anything. So... I just want to let you know out there, if you're one of those fans that you want to come in here and degrade people for how long they've been a fan or for their knowledge base, this is not the place for you. But this is going to be the place. I'm happy to announce we're going to have 
some new, uh, I'll have my first guest over the weekend or over the next week or so. We're going to be having, um, finally add some knowledge to this here podcast. What do you think? We will be introducing who I like to call the crew chief, uh, my cousin, Connor. He knows more about Formula One engines, motors, the like, than the whole the whole lot of those fans out there that need to be gatekeepers. So, uh, yeah, the crew chief is going to be joining me this week to talk some technical technical car stuff and give you introduce him to you all and so you can get to know him and his take and his he is a long-term fan and he does know everything but he wants you to be here too and he can't be here with me today but he's going to be on soon and he is the crew chief he's the boss I, I go to him and ask him for questions and then I come and talk to you guys like I know what I'm talking about but I don't so once we get on him on here I guess we can expose me as the fraud that I feel like sometimes when I'm talking about things I'm just learning about. And uh, yeah, so Cousin Connor, the crew chief, will be in here starting uh, early next week. Probably not every podcast, but definitely where we need technical analysis, insight, uh, history, things like that. Um, He's going to be a great addition in here. Really excited to have him on. And if you're out there listening and you would like to come on and you know something, you would like to join We'd like to share your information, share your knowledge. I welcome it. Email me at f1funcast at gmail.com, and I will be more than happy to check it out, get you on here. And uh, and if you don't, if you don't want to come on and you just want to tweet or send me a message on Instagram, I'll be more than happy to share. It's what I do. We're going to share. I'll shout you out. We'll tag you. And uh, I hope, you know, you all can be a part of a, a growing community of positive, forward-facing Formula One fans. So uh, that's the excitement for the day. And now let's talk about the the main course. The I want to say hors d'oeuvre, but that's not the main course. The entree. There we are. The entree this week is uh, we're doing, for those of you that haven't listened before, we're doing a uh, what I call the Driver Deep Dive series, which is a series of podcasts that look at how the current grid got to where they are on the F1, on the F1 grid. Um their journey to Formula One, and their journey so far in Formula One. And uh, we're not going into people's personal lives. We're not talking about family. We're not talking about money, any of that stuff. We can leave that at home. We're talking about the racing here on the F1 podcast. And if you missed the last one, we started with Nick DeVries of AlphaTauri. He was the first. He was uh, the inaugural F1 Funcast driver deep dive, and I had a lot of fun reading about and learning about him. So we did another poll today, and uh, the winner of this poll is none other than McLaren's Oscar Piastri. And whoo oh boy, did he have an interesting run to Formula One, didn't he? Last year, 2022, I mean, if there wasn't enough drama on the track, the whole Piastri, McLaren, uh, Alpine, Pierre Gasly... That's the kind of drama we will be talking about on here. That's not personal. That's just business. That's on the track. That's between the lines. That's what we'll be talking about. And I'm really excited to talk about Oscar Piastri today because, you know, he's a young driver. He's up and coming. He was sought after last year and a really interesting guy. And um, he, it should be, it's a lot of fun uh, looking into him and finding out how exactly he got to where he is today in that McLaren seat because as many as uh, as few as six months ago there was no guarantee that that's where he was going to end up but we'll get into the tweet 
we're going to get into the uh, into the weeds a little bit here and talk about how the young man Oscar Piastri found his way to the uh, papaya papaya kingdom in McLaren. So uh, let's uh, fire it on up and get into it. All right. So Oscar Piastri, born April sixth, two thousand one is uh, 22 years old. He actually just celebrated a birthday this past week, uh, the week of recording, his 22nd birthday. Interesting little factoid about Oscar is he is the first Formula One driver born in the 21st century. So April 6, 2001, he's the first F1 driver born in the 2000s, yet again making your podcaster feel older than he intended to feel when he woke up this morning. He drives the number 81 car for McLaren and he's made three starts thus far in his Formula One career, accumulating a total of four points. He finished P8 at the 2023 Australian Grand Prix, earning himself his first and at this point only Formula One points of his career thus far. I guess I don't need to say to this point and thus far and to the just repetitive, but that's what it is. He's um, he's a young guy, just getting into it. Four points, that eighth place finish in Australia. Now, if you're listening to this from the future, this Australian Grand Prix this year was a train wreck. It was the race. If you look on the podcast feed, it was the three red flags and um, a lot of nonsense and chaos. So I'm not sure how representative that eighth place finish is but nonetheless he's a very skilled and young talented driver who should certainly um, be looking for more points in his near term future and also down the road he he definitely knows how to handle the car just four points thus far but there's going to be many more to come as far as i can tell so from 2016 to 2021 oscar was a pretty dominant junior driver on the junior circuit in 2020, he was the F3 champion. In 2022, he or sorry, 2021, he was the F2 champion. Which, um, you know, you win F3, you win F2. It looks like there's a future for you in Formula One. And so that's kind of where we pick up this saga of Oscar Piastri because he was on a clear trajectory to that Alpine seat, which was Renault before it uh, rebranded as Alpine. He was on a clear path to that seat on the team. It was looking like 2023 was going to be his debut year in the Alpine. But then, as we all know, things changed very quickly for the young man last fall. He's ended up this year, he made it into McLaren. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, saga that was how how he, he went from Alpine to McLaren and with a little bit of bad blood in between and a little bit of, how should we put it, just, just, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a reunion in the future for uh, Oscar and Alpine after everything went, that went down during the 2022 Formula One season. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the, the chain of events that started, in my opinion, with... And, and there's two, two ways to look at this, but my opinion is it, it started with that, uh, that very sad day that Sebastian Vettel decided that he would say goodbye to Formula One and uh, pursue the rest of his life in in retirement. And and, um, that was, as they say, the first domino to fall in the Oscar Piastri story. That was, you know, the new hope 
to the uh, Rise of Skywalker at the end. Uh, Sebastian Vettel announced his retirement, and um, so at that point, that opened up a seat on, uh, let's see, was it still Racing Point? No, it was Aston Martin at that point. So Aston Martin has a seat available, and Alpine has some uh, some drama on the paddock because, as we all know, Fernando Alonso ended up taking that empty seat at Aston Martin, and he's doing very well so far this year there, Aston Martin. So then Alpine's looking at a driver lineup. They originally had Esteban Ocon, Fernando Alonso, and Oscar Piastri. So when Vettel retires and Fernando Alonso moves to uh, to Aston Martin, the clear thing, the clear step would be for Oscar Piastri to step into Fernando Alonso's old seat and race for Alpine. The only problem with that was Alpine never told Oscar that that's what they had planned for him. From from what I gather, a lot of the Oscar Piastri, Alpine, McLaren drama, what we have is a failure to communicate. A failure to communicate that you're going to drive for us next year, Oscar. No, I'm not. This all could be handled behind the scenes, and it could be handled in a better way, but but that's just not how it played out. So on August 1st, Alpine announces that Oscar Piastri is going to drive for us in 2023, and apparently that was news to Oscar because on August 3rd, Oscar tweeted out the following. Let me pull this up. I want to get it word for word, and you tell me if you think this sounds like somebody who's excited to join his new team, and uh, take that seat on Alpine. So this was August 3rd, two days after Alpine made the announcement that Oscar would be driving for them. Quote, I understand that without my agreement, Alpine F1 have put out a press release late this afternoon that I am driving for them next year. This is wrong, and I have not signed a contract with Alpine for 2023. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. Wow. Wow. So you imagine you're sitting there in the Alpine headquarters or in the garage and you think you've got your guy, you know, you lost Fernando Alonso, but that's okay because you poured a lot of money into Oscar Piastri. You poured a lot of money into your young, I think it was something like $17 million or maybe $7 million that they had poured into his development. And just like that with a tweet, he's letting you know, I'm out of here next year too. So that leaves Alpine sitting there with just Esteban Ocon and an empty car. So they had, they went from having three real Formula One drivers to choose from to being stuck with one driver and a big question mark. So this really started and accelerated the whole kerfuffle. And you can you can understand both sides of it, right? You can understand the team wanting to lock their guy up and to have him in the seat for 2023. And you can understand Oscar sitting there saying, I haven't signed anything. I haven't, you haven't presented me with a rightful contract, which we'll get into in a minute. Alpine certainly uh, mishandled and um, was not really on the ball with their contract end of, of this. And like anybody, it was Oscar's right to decide his own future. And I think it would rub me the wrong way if I was at home between races and my, my employer, my boss, my team decided they were going to announce an extension without, one, giving me a proper extension and two, without consulting me beforehand. So it's understandable for him to be frustrated, and it's understandable for Alpine to pour a ton of money into 
this kid and have him snub them in such a uh, 21st century way on Twitter. Which, you know, I have my thoughts about how he handled that. I think maybe phone calls and face-to-face meetings are a better way to do things, but I wasn't there. If I was, maybe he'd be driving for Alpine. Or if I was, maybe he would have punched me in the face. I don't know. But behind the scenes, or not, I guess on the in front of the scenes, was his relationship with McLaren began to uh, develop a little bit more deeply during the Monaco Grand Prix weekend in 2022. I don't know if you remember this, but Lando Norris came down with a pretty bad case of tonsillitis. It was questionable whether he was going to be able to go, whether he would be able to race. So McLaren was asking around, looking around for reserve drivers, and uh, they landed on Piastri. And I believe he was on the paddock with them that weekend and ready to roll for McLaren. And uh, so that's kind of where, I don't know, you know, nobody really knows what goes on in private conversations, but I'm sure there was a little bit of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'd love to have you here next year if that's possible. And then you turn around and your team announces your your re-signing when you haven't re-signed anything. You look across, you look down the way, and there's McLaren sitting there with an open seat from, uh, they had been trying to get out from under Daniel Ricardo's $17 million a year contract where he'd been really underperforming for McLaren. So we've got a driver that doesn't want to be on his team and a team that wants a new driver. So, of course, McLaren and uh, Oscar Piastri were playing a little bit of footsies under the table. And uh, Alpine didn't really help themselves with the way they they handled his announcement. Now, at this point, we should talk a little bit about how Alpine also mishandled the legal and contract end of this. Because from what I gather, they did not meet the proper deadlines to extend Oscar Piastri. They did not meet the proper uh, prerequisites to keep him under contract into the future. And in fact, they went back and retroactively added some language to their contracts that was not in the version Oscar signed the previous year. So Alpine was starting to play a little bit of games with Oscar and with his future. And I'm sure that that kind of set in motion his wandering eyes for the 2023 year because here you are, this F2 champion, F3 champion, you're ready to go, you're obviously capable, these teams want you, and they're not extending you, they're misleading you on your contracts, and the uh, Contract Resolution Board, I believe it's called the CRB, took a look at this, and they looked into it, and they ruled that Alpine, um, they ruled against Alpine, they said you messed up, you didn't really secure a proper contract with the driver, He's free to go to McLaren, and furthermore, you have to pay everybody's legal fees for this mess that you've created. So that's really, that says a lot when a, when a uh, re- resolution board or any kind of court or any kind of mediator not only rules against you, but forces you to pay the fees of the other party. That's definitely a sign that you did something um, wrong and I don't want to say unethical, but maybe a little bit, a little bit unusual, a little bit, it wasn't, you know, not, not a good look. So that comes down and the CRB board rules against Alpine. So that set up this pretty interesting situation where Daniel Ricardo is without a seat. McLaren's trying to get out from under him at least. And Alpine 
is losing their guy, and they want compensation. They want something back in return for their, their French team. And, um, you know, they, they, they had a list of guys. They had a list of drivers that they wanted, maybe perhaps a driver swap or as compensation. And I don't believe, I think they let on that Daniel Ricciardo could be on that list. But really, in the back of their mind, I, I am sure that the French team really wanted Pierre Gasly, and he ended up with Alpine to give them an all-French lineup for the French team. The Alpine is actually partially owned by the French state. So at the end of the day, Alpine feels like maybe they came out smelling a little better than they could have if they dragged this through a lawsuit to courts and really, um, really tried to squeeze out every bit of compensation that they could get for Oscar. So so over the course of the next few weeks, negotiations were um, pretty intense between McLaren, Alpine, and whatever regulators had to be involved during that time. But eventually, Alpine ends up with Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, and Oscar finds himself moving over to McLaren and sitting in that seat for the 2023 season. He was announced as the uh, as a driver for McLaren on September 2nd. So this all went down. Remember, August 1st, Alpine announced Oscar Piastri driving for us 2023. August 3rd, the tweet comes out with Piastri saying, I'm not driving for you. Pretty much, I'm never going to drive for Alpine. You guys have bungled this, and I don't want to be here anymore. And then by... September 2nd, he was announced. So that all happened in about a month's time. So the sequence of events is four-time champ Sebastian Vettel says goodbye to Formula One. Fernando Alonso moves over uh, to Aston Martin. And then um, that opens up the seat. They're going to add Oscar. He doesn't want to be there. McLaren makes a move. All these negotiations go on. And um, Oscar finally finds himself on the McLaren side of things. I'd be interested to see what you think is... And, and so, so, okay, the, the all this drama, all this nonsense about Oscar moving around and not being um, available for Alpine, was that the driving factor to this? Or do you think the bungled contract negotiations in the poorly worded contracts and the back dealing and the um, dis, uh, slight dishonesty from Alpine when they went and changed his contract language without him knowing which to you do you think is a bigger driver of uh, Oscar's move away from Alpine? Would you be more offended if your uh, company messed around with your contract or would you be more offended if they wouldn't, uh, if they didn't communicate with you about your promotion and they just announced it on your, whatever your company's email or over some public way uh, what what do you think is more of the driver here uh, between the two things? I'd love to know. I'd love to hear what you think about that because there's two sides to every coin, you know, and, and Alpine thinks they came out smelling like roses with Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon and McLaren. They're, they're trying to get back on the upswing, and I'm sure they're glad to have Piastri, but what does this say about him going forward? Does he, uh, if it doesn't work out at McLaren, does it say something about his reputation? Will it be hard for him to get another another seat after kind of having so much drama so early in a young season? Or do you think he's got enough promise that he's going to run with it 
and this will be long forgotten by 2024. I don't know. It's hard to say. But from what I've seen so far, he's a talented driver, and he seems like a decent guy. And it's, um, it's, it's too bad that anyone has to have this kind of stuff going on so early in their promising young careers. The closest, the closest parallel that I could find in my research was the 1991 uh, Michael Schumacher-Jordan uh, contract debacle that ended up with him leaving that team in a very similar manner. He was unhappy with the team. He was unhappy with the direction of things. And I don't know all the details, but it certainly to me seemed like um, that it's a very, very similar type of situation between driver and team. And if that's any indication, I'm not saying Oscar Piastri is going to be anything close to a Michael Schumacher, but unless you're digging through the internet to remember and to find these things, nobody remembers that about Michael Schumacher. They remember the wins, the podiums, the championships, etc. So there's a lot to be said that, that these things can be overcome and put in the past, but we don't live in the past. We live in the present and in the present time this was one of the hottest stories um, in 2022 heading into the 2023 formula one season so with oscar's journey to formula one out of the way let's just take a little peek at his debut season and how it's been going so far in the papaya orange mclaren formula one car so early in 2023 in bahrain oscar had a bit of a nightmare in his debut race for McLaren. He um, he qualified 18th, which, you know, I mean, no one's going to no one's going to hold that against you in your first Formula 1 start. But um after 15 15 laps, he had to come into the pit to change his steering wheel, and to change your steering wheel, you have to shut the car off, and when he shut the car off, they couldn't get it back on. They couldn't get the car started again, something with the gearbox, and he had to retire from the race pointless and without finishing. On, um, without finishing the Grand Prix, so that is um, that, w- that had to have been a disappointing start for Oscar. But then we went to Saudi Arabia and uh, he qualified P8 and finished in P15, so a full race and maybe not the result he was looking for, but uh, the McLaren didn't bail out on him and he was able to finish that race. But then we went to Australia and like we talked about earlier. He was able to finish P8 and score the first points of his career. Four points for Oscar in that race. And those four points put him 13th in the driver's standings right now, which if you're a rookie driver and it's your your first three races of the year and you've got some points and you've got some, you know, maybe there's a little wind at his back. Maybe you get those first kinks out of the way on, on in Bahrain and in, in Saudi Arabia. But... Um, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's hard to predict. I don't know enough to look into the future, into my crystal ball. But that's where Oscar stands now, heading into Baku in two weeks' time. So we w- we wish Oscar all the best this season and going forward. And he's had quite the interesting road to Formula One and an interesting start to his Formula One career here in 2023. And, you know, I wish I had a little bit more data or a little bit, a few more races to give you give you results but that's that's it that's where we are right now we're in a long break between races and we are um it's it's tough it's tough to to judge these things without more of a more races and more data 
to look at. So overall, you know, we're, he's certainly a talented enough driver. He certainly has the pedigree. Those F2, F3 championships are definitely, you know, point him in the right direction and scoring points in your first, first, you know, in your third race of your career. That's, that's pretty good. And again, you know, the Aussie Grand Prix was plagued with red flags and uh, a lot of did not finishes, DNFs, but you can't hold it against him. It's not his fault. Other people crashed out. He took advantage of it, and boom, he got his first four points of the season. So there we are. That's Oscar Piastri in a nutshell, getting us into the 2023 season. A bit of a deep dive, and we wish him all the best going forward this year and in the future. Hopefully someday we can go back and, and do a 2.0 on him and talk about his podium finishes and his long and illustrious career. So, uh, yeah, that's that's Oscar Piastri. I just want to look ahead now a little bit at the um, the next podcast I'm going to do. I'm, I'm really interested in. We're going to be talking about the new the new sprint race format that is coming this year, and the new sprint race format I believe is actually going to start in two weeks when we go to Azerbaijan, and it seems to be very controversial. Um, people don't like change. People don't like new things. But at the same time. Even Max Verstappen has come out and said if they keep this up, he's not going to be around for too much longer because uh, instead of, the, we'll get into it in the next podcast, but it's almost like a double weekend with a sprint race, with a new with a new qualifying format and a sprint race and then a, a Grand Prix that um, it's got a lot of people up in arms and a lot of, and a lot of people feeling uh, apprehensive about it. But I'm going to, I'm going to go in with an open mind in two weeks and I suggest you do too because maybe it could be great you know maybe it could be one of those things that doesn't look so great on paper but uh turns out to be a wonderful way to spend a weekend so um thank you for checking in with me this time on the f1 Funcast. and remember if you have questions or if you want to come on here and talk or whatever it is just just let me know hit me up at f1 Funcast, gmail twitter instagram and I look forward to talking about that uh, that new sprint race format coming up with the crew chief. My uh, my crew chief should be on for that podcast. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking about all things Formula One this year. And um, it's a long two weeks, isn't it? It's a long time to wait for the next race. But I hope you go out there and you find a way to enjoy yourself, have some fun. And we will talk to you all again soon. Thank you for joining me today on the F1 Funcast. Take care, everybody. <laughs>